0: Doom Patrol Radio W, DPR 96.3, your favorite trans-dimensional radio station. We're back in the studio with one special request before we hang up the microphones, so stay tuned here on Doom Patrol Radio
1: All right, welcome back, nobody, to your favorite Doom Patrol radio station. My name is Mark.
0: And my name is Nathan.
1: And today we're joined by Shoshana Sachi. She's one of the key writers for HBO Max's Doom Patrol, including Season 3's Possibilities Patrol and Dada Patrol. Her screenplay writing has garnered several accolades, including the excellence in screenwriting for Eleanor Perry Writing Fellowship by Women in Film. Today we will be discussing the road that got us to where the Doom Patrol are now, Shoshana, thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you.
2: you for having me. <laughs>
1: uh, now, along with your career as a screenwriter, I also just found out that you wrote a horror novel back in like 2017 titled yes. The Way of the River, mm-hmm. uh, which takes place in New Zealand. That's where you grew up. Is that correct?
2: Uh, yes. Well, I was born in Malaysia and uh, when I was 15, me my mom and my dad moved to New Zealand. Uh, so I spent like half my life um, in Malaysia and half my life being a New Zealander. Um, but yes, The Way of the River is a dystopian, um, like end end of days kind of horror novel based in uh, Hamilton, where I, where I spent my time in New Zealand.
1: Very cool, awesome, yeah. Because I know when we spoke with um, Tom Farrell last season, he was on the show, and he was talking about how you and Tamara are like horror buffs and like you guys love to put all these spooky things in doom Patrol. yes uh so now when i found out like you did a whole book i'm like oh now i really want to read this um because uh yeah halloween just passed but now i I gotta get back into that that genre i guess it's
0: always halloween it's always time for horror (laughs) stuff right
1: absolutely always um cool uh so now i know a lot of people would like to know what's uh to come next for the doom patrol i mean we just finished season three Uh, People want to know what's going to happen with season four, but we're going to keep it focused on season three today. Uh, Maybe talk a little bit about season one and two, uh, because this journey that the characters have gone through has been, (laughs) at least for us, I don't know how it's been for you guys. You guys are probably having a hoot over there, but for us, it's like this It's a hoot and a half.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and I was just talking to someone um, yesterday about Rita, especially, and that mm. finale uh, that Chris Dingus wrote was so good. Uh, it was so, so fun to see Rita become not only big Rita, but also kind of get a little bit more edge to her. Uh, so that yeah. was really fun.
0: Honestly, an incredible character throughout the entire series, really. Mm-hmm. Spotlight on Rita far really.
1: Yeah, that's something Nate and I have talked a lot about is, is just the Rita Far character in in all three seasons has become and, and I say this a lot but you know how you have like the Grant Morrison's run of Doom Patrol and then you have the Rachel Pollux, and they, mm-hmm. there's always like these versions of Doom Patrol that people associate and they're like oh this run or that run and like you guys really take the characters and make it your own and it feels like you know you could say like oh yeah this is Sachi's read <laughs> this is like their character you know like you guys have made it uh, adapted in such a way that it's become its own thing and it's it's fantastic. It really it's like- is like a
0: blend of the, like the best things about the characters and they're being brought to the screen it's really incredible to see
2: <laughs> yeah it's like jeremy carver's run of doom patrol yeah exactly yeah
1: um so what well, yeah what's the reception been for you about season three's finale in the last couple weeks
2: uh, I think people really like it which is awesome um I know everyone was kind of like waiting for when are we going to see Rita have control over powers are we ever going to see big Rita um and I I thought it was so satisfying and and to see her finally get there and I know people were like hoping it would come faster but something about um her taking steps and then kind of taking two steps back felt more truthful to the character, Mm -hmm. at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just made it all the more satisfying when she did actually take up the mantle and um, is now like, um, you know, head head bitch in charge of of doom force. Yeah.
0: Right. And really, I mean, it's all wrapped up in just like the incredible growth of the character throughout it all. Like it's Mm -hmm. again, I'm going to use this word a lot, but it's incredible.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's even with the way season three ended i think people still probably have to consider that even though they're the doom force now that they're ready to go (laughs) so they say you know there's always the chance that they do take more steps backwards like that's that's just real progress and are you ever really hitting the finish line you know so are you
0: ever done growing yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah i think you know if you think about our own experiences um just you know aging growing we we all kind of go back and forth we all kind of hold on to certain things um that hurt or hinder us in some way so hopefully we can continue to be as truthful to that human experience as possible um but also you know continue to see our characters heal and grow
1: yeah absolutely i mean that that to me is is what feels more important like not just when are we going to see the doom patrol fight x yeah. y and z but like are they fighting their own battles and, and winning their internal struggle and stuff like that? absolutely yeah mm-hmm. um well cool well, everyone knows you're you're a veteran doom patrol writer at this point but uh season three has introduced newcomers like uh, ezra clayton daniels who wrote mm-hmm. bird patrol um i was wondering if you could tell us your journey and how you found your way to doom manor
2: Um, Well, Doom Patrol was my first TV show. Um, Previously, I'd written story for uh, Power Players, which is an animated cartoon network and Netflix show for kids. Um, But Doom Patrol is like my first first like foray into TV writing. Um, So and and I didn't kind of come up the usual way of like being an assistant and then being a writer's assistant and then being promoted to staff writer. I just kind of went straight into staff writer. Um, So it was definitely like a trial by fire in a way, but I'm glad that um, Jeremy was always really, really supportive. And it's kind of like almost unheard of for a staff writer to get four episodes in their first season of TV. So it was cool that he trusted me um, and gave me that many episodes to, to really like, and I feel like it helped me grow as a writer and as a person in the industry, so um, that that's was really, really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations! That seems <laughs> like just you. an yeah. incredible
1: opportunity. Honestly,
2: <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I got really lucky. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. Very much like the characters of the show, just being tossed into the yeah into the fray, and just like trying to figure things out. Um, yeah, that's that's actually yeah, that's incredible. Um, but but uh, as far as like writing episodes, I mean, you guys work as a team still right Mm -hmm. I I know like they say like each episode like for this for for this season for example where it's like oh Shoshana wrote Dada Patrol Mm
2: -hmm. that's
1: that's you on the spotlight but the team works together on producing these episodes or how does how does that how do you guys manage all that
2: uh yeah so a lot of the um obviously planning out the season and figuring out the character journeys and what each episode is going to be centered around plot wise we do as a team Um, and with jeremy obviously at the helm guiding us and leading us making um the yes no decisions and then he assigns us um to specific episodes so for instance for data patrol i led um the the group in kind of brainstorming ideas I got to, to make the yes, no decisions. And then Jeremy being kind of like the uh, the person that I would pitch the the break to, the the, the beats of the episode to, mm-hmm. um, and get kind of his notes on it. Uh, but then I would go away and, and write it on my own. But it would be, you know, it, it's, it's always like, for instance, the line that the fog says to Jane about the donut sinking in an outhouse pit, that was Ezra's line kind of thing. So it's definitely an amalgamation of the collaborative spirit of the room and people's pitches and ideas. Um, and I go away and kind of curate it and write the dialogue and everything. So,
1: okay. Is that you pitching for that episode or how is that like given to you?
2: Uh, well, Jeremy kind of assigns people, um, to each episode and then, uh, we, yeah. So Oh, okay. cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you got the auto patrol.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, Thank you. It's a it big really...
1: win for us.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I, um, yeah, I, it's been interesting. I'm glad that a lot of people liked it. Um, being the person who wrote it, I always kind of wish that, you know, I'd done things differently or I can see kind of the mistakes that I made in it. And, um, I felt bad when, you know, a lot of people were feeling like it was very talky and slow, um, I wish that I'd given them like a little bit more action, but I'm glad for the most part, people still enjoyed it. So
1: yeah, that's what being an artist is, right? You're always like, I can make it better. I can
2: yeah, more. exactly. Back to
1: the drawing board. Yeah. But no, that's, um,
0: yeah, that episode alone is, I can't thank you enough, honestly, oh, thank these you. things that's <laughs> like when you read it from the book and it's like, this is really cool. I connect with this. And then being able to see that fully formed into another project and live action or on a television show, it really is. Again, incredible.
1: I mean, yeah. And you got, I mean, they got to fight some butts two episodes prior. So they got enough action. for Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Cool. Well, um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about season three? I mean, season three started off with a bang. I mean, Niles Calder passes away. uh, Dorothy controls Candlemaker. Like how, like, how did you approach getting into season three and like, and starting this new adventure for them?
2: Uh, Yeah. So the previous season ended abruptly because of COVID and we couldn't complete um, the last, I think three days of filming that we had uh, for episode, what would have been episode 10 Mm -hmm. um, of season two. So, um, and Tamara, myself and Eric were on that finale. So when we came back for season three, we had a lot of footage and we still had the script of the finale. We wanted obviously to give people that, you know, the answers to all the questions that they had from the cliffhanger. Um, But we also had to platform the new season. So there was some rewriting and uh, obviously reshooting uh, and completing of shooting for what became kind of like a finale premiere um, uh, episode. Yeah.
0: Was that more of a challenge trying to kind of blend an end and a beginning together into one single episode?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was because coming back, especially after that time period, you're sort of like, well, what do people want to see? And I felt really strongly that, you know, everyone wanted um, like all the open doors to, you know, to have an answer. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that we managed to kind of complete a lot of those stories as well as platform, so um, yeah, I'm glad that we we got to do it, but it was really hard. Um,
0: it's impressive. And,
2: oh, thank you. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I feel like the reception was a little mixed because it it was kind of in that in between place of a finale and premiere, and and you had all this time in between, um, but but yeah, I mean, it 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 just had to be done. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, it from my standpoint, it worked out. incredible really
1: and then even parallels i mean the 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 progress that rita far goes to at the end of season three i mean we kind of see that with negative man at at Mm -hmm. the start of season three the end of season two where negative man has been on on a journey as well and as as season three shows it's like okay so he makes progress at the at the very beginning but then you do see like some regression especially like him trying to figure out like his whole father ordeal with key and then like his actual son paul and like so you see the ebb and flowing of of what character progress looks like and then now you also see rita far coming up on that as well so it's like it just it sets it up that way especially like these two characters that are really close to each other Mm -hmm. and seeing kind of like dichotomy of the two characters and how they how they're going through their own thing. I don't know. It just, it works out for me in that way. Oh, good. <laughs> um, uh, cool. So yeah, going into season three, it was like anything really influencing you, like going into writing the rest of the the season or like anything you wanted to bring to the table as far as displaying it? Your um, own personal touch.
2: Well, I, I know I really wanted to, like if we could we. Re- i was searching for a way to kind of progress jane and to um to potentially kind of introduce a love interest so it was fun to to get her have that like seductive scene between her and the fog and to see kind of like a slightly different shade to jane even though which was really hard like she, because she is such a closed off um character who would rather kind of, you know, like spit an insult at someone rather than like be vulnerable and open enough to receive um, compliments or to be flirty. So it was a challenge writing those scenes between her and Shelly. But it was really fun as well to be able to like slowly get like a little bit of a smile or a touch from Jane. Yeah.
0: Jane seems like the hardest character to even just start to think about having progress because inherently, it's like you should be broken and stay broken, but that's not the goal of what you are as a character. So it does seem like that could be extremely challenging.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, a you know, anyone with um, experience of assault or, or sexual abuse will know that, you know, it's, it's a long process. There's a lot of like, you know, like what, like we talked about regression and progress and stuff like that. And so Um, we always try as hard as we can to be as truthful to the character and as truthful to DID as possible. Yeah, Um, yeah, so.
1: Yeah. And it really doesn't feel, you know, something baked in either because it wasn't until the season three finale where it kind of felt like, oh, maybe there's something more between these two characters. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you first meet them in Dada Patrol, you're just thinking that the fog relates or empathizes with with jane and k chalice as far as um like maybe you belong with the sisterhood of dada Mm -hmm. like maybe like there's a place for you because it's the same thing that we think about with cyborg it's like oh yeah now that we're in this show it makes total sense that this character is part of doom patrol and then it's the same thing with crazy jane where it's like oh yeah this looks like a character that would be part of the sisterhood of dada because of where they're Mentality or their pro- mm-hmm. politics lie. Um, yeah. So it doesn't really feel like, for fan terms, like shipping two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to a men's patrol, and then you're like, oh, wait, maybe they have really started to bond over the time that they've met each other. And so there's like, it leaves another door open for more possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see here. Um, Take a break here while I try to look. Um, oh yeah, uh, so yeah, creating season three. Um, when it comes to filming the show, are, are writers actively on set most of the time, or is it more of like a casual visit? Are you guys providing advice, or is it just like a exclusive sneak peek?
2: Um, yeah, so usually, um, if you write the episode, you would go to produce the episode in Atlanta. So seasons one and two, I managed to to go out there, but then season three, um, because of COVID protocols. Uh, I couldn't go out and so we had just one writer go to set from season uh, no sorry from episode I think four onwards and that was Eric Dietl so um Mm. yeah so basically he did what um all the rest of us would be doing if we went up which is making sure that Jeremy's intentions and the writer's intentions were coming across in performance direction Um, uh, everything down front to like wardrobe set and stuff like that so
1: yeah nice well they get you one of those uh ipads on the segway and then you can oh
2: just yeah <laughs> facetime
1: in and you can it's almost like you're the brain now and then you just you just
2: <laughs> I can your, around yeah, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um cool oh well yeah speaking of uh of characters by the way like brain uh uh which uh first of all i want to know which returning character did you have the most fun writing for this season
2: um returning so not the main cast like the yeah,
1: main cast and main cast oh, yeah okay. anyone who's coming from season two or anyone that like their stories continuing this season um because i know we talked about uh rita and, and jane but like yeah any of them that really stood yeah, out to you this season writing um, for them
2: jane uh was uh was a lot of fun challenging but a lot of fun to write this season and um and Vic as well um and Cliff Cliff is always fun to write as well it, it was fun to write a high Cliff who's like being a boomer on Facebook <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah speaking that. of
0: Cliff I have a question um yes. do you have any uh, say into what band shirt he may be wearing per episode is that like a thing that someone could say like hey if you want a favorite band you want him to wear this shirt I don't know
2: Um, I guess I could, but I've never made that decision. I've always left it up to wardrobe and they Mm. they always have like amazing ideas. So honestly, Um, out of
0: the park, killing it with, with all the the band t-shirts. It's one of those things where you see it on the screen. It's like,
2: he's got the shirt. I know that band.
0: I have that shirt. Like one of the, yeah, it's
1: great.
2: Yeah. It's cool. when it's like a classic or like obscure band for sure.
1: Nate mentioned it one time and I don't know if it's true or not, but it made the most sense because Nate was like, Isn't it that crazy Jane dresses him up? Like, is like, here, put these clothes on or something like wear that. Wear these cool band shirts. You'll look cool. Yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. picks them out. She's
0: got all the good music. I mean,
1: yeah, clearly.
2: yeah, for sure.
1: He doesn't even know what he's wearing. He's just wearing it because <laughs> he's told to. Yeah, I think um, he,
2: he likes a lot of classic rock. So, you know, when you see a classic rock, it's probably his choice as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I think, wasn't uh your first episode was paw patrol right and that was like a big crazy jane episode because that was the that was my
2: first solo episode yeah i wrote donkey patrol with um with neil reynolds but yeah paw patrol is my first solo
1: and if i like because i was thinking of that one because um it it starts off with crazy jane at at Mm -hmm. the punk rock show um I can't remember that band name. It's like something fuck missile or something like that. But, um,
2: oh yeah, time travel fuck missile or something. Yeah. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There it is. <laughs> um, and it seems like, it, like you really get, get to kind of, uh, project yourself onto Crazy Jane and be like, yeah, hey, this is what it's like. And so, yeah, when you say Crazy Jane, it's like, uh, it feels like someone is able to be like, yeah, no, this is what it's really like for, for a person like this and, and mm-hmm. to kind of, um, grow Crazy Jane up with your with your perspective on on your life and all that that Yeah,
2: that club she was at um in that episode the void was actually named after an underground punk club I used to go to when I was like in my late teens that's so cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah that's good stuff um uh, any new characters that you enjoyed writing for this season
2: uh definitely the fog and frenzy was a lot of fun oh (laughs) and the quiz as well
1: all of them. Um, yeah,
2: the yeah. Sister of Dotto was. Really oh, they're fun. so good. Oh, they're yeah. so good.
0: <laughs> it really is. It's one it of those was, favorite it things.
2: Was, it was really fun to write for Michelle Gomez as well, but um, like she would kind of like ad lib and make the lines yeah. her own, um, which was really fun to see because um, I feel like she made everything I wrote so much better.
1: <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of times watching it, you're just kind of like, "That's Michelle Gomez." doing
0: incredible performance yeah. it's, just her.
1: It's, it's all her um but yeah the the sisterhood of dada especially frenzy
2: mm-hmm. is
1: it's like a wordsmith it's it's incredible like the just everything that they're able to talk about and like it still relate to a comic book show and 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 these ideals that superheroes are supposed to have for people who like read comic books and like take something away mm-hmm. from the story yeah frenzy was incredible uh, a, a incredible adaptation of the character from the from the books and um, it, it really makes you feel we, we talked about this the entire season but this there's this big grayness of all the characters especially when Rita Far kind of goes down the darker side mm-hmm. and then you see characters like the sisterhood of Dada and Monsieur Mala and Gargoyles, where they're like not bad people yeah
2: mm-hmm. it
1: just made bad choices yeah so they're not and and then like it just becomes this whole thing where you see the good in in their in their motivation
2: yeah for and sure maybe,
1: maybe not in the execution of things but it's fantastic yeah, that,
2: that's kind of my favorite kind of um villain i guess quote unquote to write is someone who believes that they're doing the right thing mm-hmm um and building in moral gray areas is always a lot of fun for a writer yeah
1: mm-hmm. especially Niles Calder I mean Niles Calder was in that same boat yeah exactly being like are you the bad guy in the story <laughs> or are you the father figure are you both yeah and...
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's incredible um of course brain is pure evil but uh I don't think we'll ever get a backstory to that character but... <laughs> Um, is there any characters that didn't return this season that you're kind of hoping you can tell stories with again at some point?
2: Um, I mean, we had like Danny and Dorothy, but I would love for them to come back again and we get to hang out with them a little bit more and longer and yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause
2: Danny was, and Dorothy were in like for a split second. So it'd be nice to spend a little bit more time with them if we can.
1: Yeah. I was happy Dorothy came back just in the third episode because I, I thought it was done in season yeah. as the first episode of Possibilities mm-hmm. Patrol. And then when she comes back, I'm like, yeah, Dorothy, you're going to stay, right? And then she leaves. And I'm like, are you going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I tell Nate all the time. Cause like uh, Rachel Pollack, when she took over from Grant Morrison, uh, Dorothy became a much bigger character. Like she was growing up and it's that same kind of feeling with crazy Jane where it's like, She's kind of taking over what this Doom Patrol is and and, and helping the others because they really need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy coming back. I if Abigail wants to, I was like, Yes, please become a main character. That would be awesome. I would love <laughs> I, you know, please do it. Please ask. <laughs> How do I uh which hashtag do I have to create to, to get that one going? <laughs> um, but yeah. Dorothy would be a fantastic character mm-hmm. that's that's for me I don't know yeah Maybe she was
2: haven't... she was so much fun to, to write for in season two as well so yeah yeah
1: it's like that to me season two is like the, the Dorothy season and mm-hmm. it's like I just watch it rewatch it again just because everything that happens and it even makes Niles Calder's character just so much more uh filled with like character development for that character just out of proximity because of who Dorothy is. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of start to, to see him as a dad and Timothy, you know, is so good at portraying that. And he, he has such a paternal energy towards him. So every time he was in those scenes with Abigail, it just felt like we were getting a window into like a beautiful dad and daughter story. That's and you, awesome. kind of, you kind of understood like, um, why he did the terrible things, you know, you could, you could start to understand like um why he would sacrifice people.
0: A father's um, love with... and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh Nate, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Is there a character that you would really like to see come back in a, in a <laughs> yeah Danny scene? and
0: Flex, honestly
1: anything with Danny yeah, and Flex. Right? No, <laughs> Flex? <laughs> it's just a party. Who were you yeah. we talking about? Um, Flex Mentalo and uh, uh what was Vic Vic Stone's uh, action figure called? General Tony or something. General like that? Tony. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about like if Flex and General Tony were in the same scene together, I feel like they'd be like that, like very wholesome, extremely masculine types that are just like, like two
2: himbos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, like
1: you guys are, you guys, that is role model energy to people. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> in, in, in very wholesome ways, so, like I got that a lot with um. Um, those two characters, they just really felt like wholesome energy um, mm-hmm. for the show. I really enjoyed General Tony in that episode. Um, let's see here. Um, so with the end of season three, like we, we kind of come to where people kind of expect Doom Patrol to be. Um, but But we've earned it now. We really got to see Doom Patrol go through these trials and tribulations and then get to this kind of resting point at the end of season three um which is a huge kind of celebration and a a victory for all the hard work that they've gone through um as as season three ends is is there a big takeaway that you would want fans to kind of consider as the show ends like is there is there moral to the story that you would like people to consider
2: um i don't think there's ever anything that i want people to very directly take away um I mean I, I hope that they enjoy it and it's it's lovely to see that people enjoyed it I, I think I, I like leaving it up to people's interpretation a lot of the time um I guess the my, my favorite part about that finale and and the journey or season three is kind of what Madame Rouge learns and is that you know you're not the sum of the bad things that the, the better the mistakes you've made and there's always a possibility to kind of grow which is the journey that a lot of the doom patrol have been on as well um, yeah so yeah I, I think yeah
1: yeah i mean mm-hmm. that's that's probably one of the greatest things about season three is is really seeing a lot of the villains quote unquote like show the same um kind of trauma that they've gone through as well yeah
2: the same trajectory for sure
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and and even though they're the bad guys to the doom patrol and like the like rita and cliff are are in this mindset of like should we be heroes are we supposed to like fall under this category and victor stone like uh, big time victor stone is like am i just a superhero weapon have i just been manufactured into being the next superhero Mm -hmm. and then you have those those metahumans who are like am i stamped on as a weapon like is that my call of duty like is that what Mm -hmm. i have to do in life um and so they they all come from that same kind of origin Mm -hmm. but just seeing how some are classified as hero and some are classified as villain it's it's it it really is until like you get to a men's patrol and and like kind of like that confrontation that it starts with between Rita and Madame Rouge where it's like mm-hmm. maybe you're on the darker end than she is because like, yeah had so much time to to hold this grudge and then and, and to like kind of fall down more mentally it's just mm-hmm. yeah it's incredible so I was really more uh just starting to sympathize with with Madame Rouge the more that she was hunted by Rita Farr and just being like you're you're really falling down. That's this cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting because at different times during the season, you'll feel bad for Madame Rouge or you'll be angry at her, uh, for hurting, for, you know, causing Malcolm's death and, and hurting Rita the way she did. Um, and then you'd be like, Ooh, that, you know, that awesome scene in the kitchen with Rita, with the kettle and the brain, like, I uh, I love that scene so much. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought Chris, like, and Harry just did an amazing job with that scene, and of course April Bulby. And um, then you start to go like, "Uh oh, it's just Dark Rita." Like, yeah. So it's really, really cool to get to see, um, like, even Madame Rouge, uh, the the villains and the heroes kind of have different sides to them.
1: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that that scene with Brain and, and Rita, mm-hmm. and. It it, obviously it's going to be like a conversation of controversy of being like, maybe heroes don't do that, but then it was Mm -hmm. almost like, yeah, but she's killing off evil in like this really metaphorical way. Like maybe she is doing the right thing, you know, maybe she's killing the evil part in her in some way by killing him off. Or,
2: you know,
1: what is it that a hero is supposed to do? Just let this man continue to live in retirement. Like if he has all these evil intentions, like maybe putting him out is is actually what needs to happen so it was a whole other thing we talked about uh for the season finale but yeah that that scene is yeah
2: for sure and it should it should make people feel uneasy I don't think there's a clear answer at all like you know yeah Yeah. it should be it should be kind of confusing in a way like Mm -hmm. how to feel after you see that scene
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i hope we find out what happened to Monsieur mala and if how how he feels about it uh because that was heartbreaking for us for 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 mala at least um but yeah nate uh do you have any questions for i don't mean to steal oh no you're fine
0: i um i just have kind of a basic general question more so Mm -hmm. of on like the process and and writing and everything like that i um, so kind of offhandedly took some advice from you i went ahead and and bought this uh this this Hal Ackerman book
2: oh awesome. right
0: so uh my real question is really just like that was my advice taking it from you offhandedly off of the internet <laughs> but um is was there any valuable piece of advice that you got that sticks in your brain um at all about writing that you continue to take with you through all the projects
2: um is there any one thing you know um the thing that I always kind of want to tell young writers, and it's something that you have to kind of come to terms on your own, is that you have to be very open to collaboration in some way, and that means like being pretty gracious with notes and and perspectives that you might get, um, and 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 knowing that um, along the way you will continue to learn and grow. I mean, I feel like I'm still learning a lot from even my co-writers and and other people on the show. Um, So I I feel like you should always be willing to learn and and pick up new things. Um, The thing that like, but I'm also thinking about uh, when I was doing an online course with UCLA before I got into the master's program, we were watching this like video lecture and um, this writer was talking about how he um he was suffering from writer's block and he was thinking to himself like um I'm gonna get up in the morning I can either write or I put a gun in my mouth and it was just such like a dramatic um very very true of like the artist brain of being like that dramatic but Mm -hmm. it just made me think of like if this is something that you want to do like that should be the way you feel almost like it's either right or die yeah yeah. just do it yeah just do it and um eventually you know know that it will pay off um so and so I try to make sure that every everything I do um leading up to um everything I was doing leading up to getting on doom patrol was in service of uh, that that career goal you Mm -hmm. know
0: so that's that's sound advice if you ask
2: me
1: (laughs) no yeah honestly like uh, being so passionate about something that you're uh willing to risk your life over you know like you're (laughs) just so like like i i love this so much this is what i want to do in life that you're just like i will try to do whatever it takes so yeah
2: exactly and i and you know it's not easy so if yeah if there's anything else in the world that you'd rather be doing than do that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if this is what you're passionate about, then do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Um, do you have any more, Nate? I mean, yeah, about? pages on pages, but, you know, we can't <laughs> do it in this sort of format, you know? No, but yeah, this is, been a, a great insight for 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 me and i would love to keep continuing to do this um i would love to get some of these other writers like maybe what we'll do is like every, after every season we should just do this and we'll get someone else like eric Dio yeah
2: like, for sure oh eric would definitely love to, <laughs> oh, to chat with you
1: what a great guy <laughs> like tomorrow would also be a great one but i feel yeah. like she's always busy um she is she
2: is she's very busy but you can always try if her yeah. dms are open yeah
1: um, yeah doesn't hurt to try right yeah just yeah. we'll just add the entire room patrol but
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much uh shoshana for joining us today and giving us some insight for season three and i look back at seasons one and two um is there anything you want to promote before we end the show i know you have a, a show called doom patrol but is there <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to leave off on uh
2: um i guess just follow me on twitter shoshana sachi um that's it
1: <laughs> yeah you can plug your uh, husband's show, Riverdale, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think people know about that show. <laughs> Do you think people know about that one?
1: Right. It's kicking ass. <laughs> I heard a certain witch is joining the phrase.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Cool. Well, Shoshana, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, listeners, if you enjoyed uh, listening to us talk today, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol, Facebook, Twitter. You can tell us what you guys thought about season three. Uh, tell us what you thought about today's episode. And without further ado, DJ, please take it away.
0: Looks like we've scratched our last record, so we're tuning out for now. Stay safe, and I'll catch you on the other side, here on Doom Patrol Radio.